Uh, Elder Moore, I've, I've kind of done mm -hmm. my research and I've kind of seen uh, your story and how you have uh, just taken um, the vision God has given you and expanded it from uh, Georgia uh, to the world, literally. Uh, there are people from all over the world. Before the pandemic, there were people coming uh, to Georgia because of the vision God had given you. And now you're still able to reach um, even more people um, uh, through the virtual uh, outlets that you have. And um, I want to talk about seeing success in vision, uh, seeing success in vision, because of course, success, it, it can be uh, looked at, at depending on what you're measuring it by, it can be looked at different ways. But I've seen you have success not only uh, through transformation, but also through numerical growth. There have been different ways it has expanded in, in, with the vision God has given you. And I want to start off by um, kind of dealing with the fact that you, you've seen a ministry grow from 50 to 5,000 registrants from 49 states and over 20 countries around the world, filling convention centers and arenas. And uh, many admire the platform. I think this generation, we're so amused and so attracted to the platform uh, that, that visionaries build, but not really understanding the process you've had to push through in order to sustain and build this platform. So how are you able to go? I'm interested in knowing <clears throat> as, a, as a pastor, uh, how are you able to go from hosting a small revival in a hotel conference room with only 50 registrants to becoming the premier gathering uh, place for thousands of young leaders each year. What what practical and spiritual steps did you take to make it happen, man? Uh, well, because this is uh, let's grow together. We're going to get some some insight that I haven't shared anywhere else. So okay. I want to share this like now. I see you, hey Lady V and Joanna and Caleb and and uh, Livy. I see you guys in here. Javion, love y'all, Sierra and and uh, uh, all of you that are here. I need y'all to tag at least five people real quick. And tell them to get in on this conversation. Yes, indeed. I promise you this is going to be something that's going to be eye-opening and enlightening. Hey, Deacon Gaines, uh, I need everybody to share and tag right now. Now, to get to the heart of the question, uh, Pastor Pastor Whitaker, um, this, is, this is hot off the press. This is exclusive information. Here's the answer to the question. You ready? Let's go. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. No, right. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but 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 to, to be a little bit more specific, um, as you mentioned, you know, God God breathed uh, on the vision, and I think that from a practical uh, perspective, much of the reason that God was able to trust us with that growth, yeah. uh, from really a practical and a spiritual perspective, is number one. Practically speaking, I think one of our keys to success is we tapped into what people actually not just wanted, but what people needed. Right. Now, I don't, I don't want to say this, or I don't want to sound um, as if I'm coming from, from a place uh, that's anything other than uh, grateful and, 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 you know, a posture of humility. But here's the truth of the matter, Pastor Whitaker. The majority of people that we have been called to reach, the majority of people that we have been called to uh, minister to or to serve or to provide resource, resources and vision for, the majority of them don't actually know what they want. Wow. Think about this. Most people know what they don't want, right. but few people know what they want, especially when, this is, the, this is the key that this hinges on, especially when what you're offering is something that they haven't really seen. Right. 
Henry Ford, the uh, great automotive icon and you know American innovator, he said once, he said, if I would have asked people what they wanted, they would have asked for faster horses. Wow. In, in other words, I'm, I'm creating an automobile that they have no frame of reference for. So here it is. They don't even know that this is what they want. But Mr. Ford and Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and Elon Musk and all of these innovators, Mark Zuckerberg, all of these generational and and, and trajectory-shifting minds, they found a way to tap into what people really need, even if they don't know they need it yet. And so one of the things that I believe God gave us a grace to do was to tap into what people really needed. You know, I looked at the landscape, and I'm, I'm a fifth-generation preacher's kid. You know, church is, church is all I know, right? Exactly. So I've been all the conventions, all the convocations, all the conferences, all the revivals, all the crusades, all the shit, I, all of that, right? And what I noticed, Pastor, was that, wait a minute, haven't, haven't we seen this before? Right. Wait, hold on, wait. I think we've, no, we've seen this before, same, same speakers, same format. Right. It changed the colors on the fly a little bit, but we, we've seen this. Right. And so what God gave us to do was to take um, the conference model, the gathering model that had been existent all of my life and in my exposure and really flip it on its head. And so when we did that, we discovered that there was a hunger for what we were offering because it wasn't the same thing everybody had been getting all the time. Yeah, we have big names, but we're putting them in a position that you haven't seen them before. So, for example, everybody's heard Bishop Noel Jones preach. Right. You've heard him preach all over the world. Uh, you've heard him preach uh, for the last 30 years because YouTube has given us an opportunity to consume content at a rapid rate. I no longer have to get on a plane and and, and fly to a certain city and stand in line right. to the service. To, oh my God, what's he going to say? Yeah. I can watch that same service from the comfort of my home with Damn. my feet up uh, uh, and, 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 a, and a, 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 some chicken wings right here uh, and some Kool-Aid right here. And I can eat in church all I want because I'm streaming it, right? right. But when was the last time you heard Bishop Noel Jones sit on a stool in a room full of a thousand uh, 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 preachers right. and talk about how ministry messed up his marriage. Right. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard God's going to make you laugh. I've heard this is a God job. I've heard all the highlights. I've heard preaching one-on-one, but I ain't never heard him talk about that. So what do we do? We simply gave people what they needed, even though they didn't know it's what they needed. And because of that willingness to to pivot, that willingness to adapt, that willingness to change, that willingness to give people something different, not knowing how they would respond to it, because different can be scary. Because we did that, what we saw is people quickly realized, wait a minute, I didn't know I needed this, but man, this is different. You mean I can come to a gathering with a lot of other people and it's not just a, uh, a straight up fashion show or competition? We're actually here to learn and to grow. Right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that was, I didn't know you could do that. Right. But I, I kind of like this. Right. And so I think, man, that, that a large part of our um, success, if we want to call it that, was really just rooted in a willingness to be different and a willingness to give people what they needed. Not a lot of visionaries and a lot of, a lot of, uh, of, of leaders, I think we fail to grow to the place we should. Because we're too busy trying to give people what 
we think they want. Yeah. Quite honestly, too busy trying to give people what they think they want. Right. That we're failing. That we're failing that's to good. give them what they need. And uh, that's that's a large piece of our growth from the 50 to because people now I don't, don't want to get stuck here. I'm sorry. No, you're I, good. I'm this is good, man. I feel there's something there's something coming up on me. Right, right. <laughs> Talking about this makes it makes something come alive in me. Yeah. But give people what they need. I don't want to, I want to go too deep. No, you're you're good because I can only imagine. And I think that's why we see a lot of uh, duplication and we don't see uh, uh, differences as much because to give something people different, you have to be willing to do the different first. And I think for you um, and what we've seen is that you were willing to step out wherein uh, the digital ministry and, and ministry and marketplace of uh, many were hesitant about it. The pandemic, in a sense, kind of forced people into it where where you had already been trailblazing and pioneering through that avenue and became more proficient as we had to come to a more virtual uh, way of connecting with people. And and I know you you probably came up um, against a lot of opposition Oh, and yeah. challenges that 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 came to you as you pioneered what I would say unprecedented vision. I think vision is about doing something that's unprecedented that hasn't been before. Um, so I know you'll face critics who judge your methods. Uh, you have people who become competitive in nature, trying to do it better than you. Oh, yeah. uh, I know you had to deal with probably fluctuation in financial support and times where things didn't go the way you expected them to go. Because I know when you're doing something different, it doesn't always go how you envisioned it initially. Um, let me ask you this. How have you been able to sustain vision rather than become stagnant, stagnant in it, in the difference, in the thing that hasn't been done, in giving people what they really don't know what they, they really didn't know what they needed? How have you continued to that um, in the face of opposition? Man, that, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great question. And I think let's reverse engineer it. Okay. I'll start here. First thing, every visionary, every leader, I believe, has to not just be aware of, but but embrace is the fact that anything worth building, anything worth having, anything worth creating is going to face opposition. Yes, sir. Let, let's be very clear. I need all of you all that are watching. Thank you for tagging uh, Lady V and Marquez. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for helping us spread the word. Hey, Joanne. Thank you, Joanna. I need I need 10 more of you all to go ahead and share and tag somebody that hasn't been tagged yet. But the mistake and the trap I'll say that a lot of us as visionaries fall into right. is we get real spiritual, past political. We get real, real, real spooky. And we just feel that because I'm so anointed, right. everybody going to like me. Right. Uh, because ooh, look how gifted I am. Everybody who's not going like this. Right. Right. I, I'm a miracle worker. Look what I did. Look what God used my hands to produce. Who would fight this? Right. And we fail to remember. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's right. Jesus was God in the flesh. Right. Literally raised people from the dead. And what did they do to him? They killed him. Right. <laughs> look, look. What what are we talking about? He that same Jesus said, right? Because he said, just so y'all know, they hated me, and guess what? They're gonna hate you for my sake, right? The Bible tells us that yeah, there's a great and effectual door open. Man, isn't that good news? Yes, oh, but wait, by the way, there are many adversaries. Any it, the, the children of Israel going into the promised land. Let me help a visionary right here. I need y'all to hear this. Come on. 
part of the reason it took them so long to cross over is because they were intimidated by what they saw there. Yeah. But what they didn't understand, please hear this family, is that if there are no giants there, then that's not the promised land. Right. Because every place of promise comes with an enemy that is bigger than you. Wow. And what would happen if visionaries would first understand, not, not here's here's the nuance because God's hand is on my life. Right. Some people are not going to like it. Right. We, we, we want to remix that and say, because God's hand is on my life, everybody's going to like it. Or because God's hand is on my life, that's going to keep people from not liking it. No, there are some people. The only reason they won't like it is because God's hand is on. Right. Okay. So when we enter the conversation, the vision, the, the, the you know, building uh, phase and stage of our life and ministry. When we enter it with that understanding, it becomes easier to handle it when it comes. A lot of us, we take it personally. Yes. We think well, something's wrong with me because they're fighting what I'm building. Something's wrong with me. I'm not handsome. I'm not pretty. Right. I'm not smart. I'm not gifted. I'm not talented. I'm not articulate. Whatever, whatever the context is. And we don't understand, truth be told, they're not even fighting you. They're fighting the vision. Right. They ain't thinking about you. You are nothing more than a vessel. This, this bottle of water that I'm here, the, the water's on the inside. Right. How ignorant would it be for this bottle to complain right. <laughs> that people keep choosing juice and people keep choosing? <laughs> I, well, I got what people need. Right. They need this. Right. Why do they keep, they, they didn't pick Kool-Aid and Snapple and sweet tea. The, the bottle would be foolish to be insecure and sad because people keep picking other beverages. Right. It ain't about the bottle. Right. It's about what's inside. Right. How many visionaries would be better off if we realize the opposition is rooted not against you. It's aimed not against you. It's aimed at what's inside. Now, when we have that understanding, yeah. it becomes easier. Now, I don't want to paint a false picture. Right. Oh, yeah, not, not, nobody like you. Anybody right. gonna like you? They're gonna be great. No, right. that's not. That, that's still. It, it takes. It takes a lot to process that, to handle that, to to, to move through that, and to get that. You know, uh, 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 understanding. Yeah. And to grow from it. But when you get that understanding, when you get that that realization, come to that realization. Then you're able to say, okay, even if I do things the way they want them done, guess what? There's another group that's not going to like me. Yeah. Well, I think you should be doing it this way. Okay, now I've changed and I've done it this way. Now there's another group that's not going to like me. Yeah. And at some point I have to come to the realization, wait a minute, if I keep changing what God gave me to do based on the opposition of people that he didn't call and didn't choose, yeah. now I don't have a problem with them. I don't have a problem with him. Right, because now he's saying, as the as, as as the master who has trusted me with these gifts and tools and abilities and talents, he's gonna give an he's gonna want an account. What did you do with what I gave you? Right. And what I cannot do is tell him, well, Lord, I would have been great, but you know, so and so didn't like what I was doing. Right, he's saying I didn't call so and so to approve you. Exactly. And, and and you you robbed, please hear this, somebody needs to hear this, you robbed a million people of a gift I put in you because five people didn't like it? Right. 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 How do, how do those numbers work? They don't add up. You, you, I put something in you that would have impacted a million people. 
Generations would have been changed by what I put in you. And you refuse to do it because five people that don't even like themselves, don't like nothing, they don't right. like it. Right. No, 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 no. So you overcome, I said all that to say, we overcome that stagnation. We, we, we push and sustain that vision by realizing and remembering that I have to, for, for me at least, I, I keep going because I realize I got to give an account to God. Him. Right. So you, you might not like it. You might not understand it. You might not get it. But that's fine. He didn't give it to you. Right. You, you're not responsible for it. I am. And so I can't get stuck on what we did last year. I can't get stuck on what we did at the last conference. I can't get stuck. How many people did we feed then? How many, how many millions of dollars in medical debt did we pay off then? That's right. great. But I got, I, I got to do, I got to do something else because he's given me not make this clear. I don't have to do something else simply to build a resume. Right. I got to do something else because he's given me the capacity to do more. And I don't so want to, I don't want to die full. So good. And he could have, he could have helped so many more people, man. He, right. He could have, he only wrote one book. He only wrote two books and he, he should have a library with, with what God used him to do. He, he only did, they only fed a hundred people. They only, man, what, what would have happened if they would have applied themselves and pressed through? I don't want that to be my story. And so I keep pushing. We got to keep pushing. Right. Because we realize we have to give an account to him. And opposition never goes away. Here's the crazy thing. There are people, there are visionaries, maybe even watching right now, that have shut certain things down, failed uh, or refused to produce and deliver certain things because they didn't want people to to talk about them without realizing that their lack of production is going to cause people to talk about them. Now, so so (laughs) what have you done? What what, what have you done? You did nothing and got talked about for being a failure. Right. When you could have done something great and been talked about for who he think he is. And you know what? Which to, one? To, to, add, to add to that, I think at the core, as I'm listening to what you're saying, it separates the ambitious from those who are assigned. Because there are a lot of things we can be ambitious about. Um, and not to say that ambitious is wrong. But I think a lot of times we give up on the things that the ambitions that are not supported forgetting that the assignment has already been supported. I love how Paul says, if I were doing this for men, I would not be able to do it. My approval comes from doing that, which God has assigned me to do. And I think particularly in this generation, what is the blessing about what you're doing, Elder Moore, is that I I can sense the assignment, not that you need me or anyone else to validate that, but the, the purpose for the purpose behind what you're doing and the person behind what you're doing is God himself. And it separates ambition from assignment because assignment is always going to be attacked. To your point, there's always going to be someone, come here, Nehemiah, who who goes against, speaks against, prophesies against uh, the thing that God has put in you to do. And it takes us back to some, I know this old school won't really in some of the questions I sent you, but it takes us back to praying, (laughs) fasting, (laughs) seeking the Lord. And that's what I love about what I see, even with spirit and truth, I see that you did not have to forsake your foundation to be fruitful. And I think sometimes we forsake the foundation uh, in hopes of being fruitful for the wrong reasons. Um, and and that's, that, that keeps us knowing that, that keeps us more so anchored, knowing that the fruit is to bring glory to the one I'm in fellowship with, which is God himself. Uh, so that's awesome, man. Uh, man, so many things you said uh, within, within, within what you were articulating. I want to ask you this, man. I know you've been disappointed, not just in facing opposition, 
um, not just in facing critics. And it's so crazy. Most of the people who uh, criticize you begin to come to your conferences. You converted the critics to... Uh, <laughs> If, if, I don't, if, if, I don't want to stay here because I'm just sitting in my angry place. Because you, wait a minute, is that? I saw right, right. What are you doing here? Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Right, right. But um, I know you've been disappointed. Um, and it comes with with the development of of any vision that that God has given you. What what have been? Um, and I'm sure there've been a plethora of disappointments. What would you say has been one of the greatest disappointments you faced in pioneering? And how have you been able to develop yourself as a leader and develop the vision of YLC <clears throat> beyond those disappointments? Because it's one thing to be opposed, knowing that, you know, God has assigned you. But what happens when it just doesn't work? And I'll give an example. Uh, there was a time when you all were building the facility you're in now and you posted a, um, a video picture of rain and everything that had fueled. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. Uh, that's just one. I'm sure there are other greater, uh, greater times you've been disappointed. Kind of dig into that just a little bit, man. You're, you're, you're absolutely on point. I, every visionary, every leader, every anything, yeah. you, you can insert the blank plumber, right. mechanic, whatever you do, whatever your industry is, all of us will face disappointment. And I think that one of mine, uh, one of my bigger disappointments was, was realizing that everybody that starts with you, is oh, not finish with you. Man. Yes, sir. We we, mm. we have this this fantasy, right? Right. This idea that no relationships will come to an end. No one's gonna. No one's gonna eventually get jealous. Right. Nobody's gonna prove to have had ill motives. Right. But but the, the disappointment in knowing or realizing, I'll say, that everybody that started with you ain't gonna finish with you. Right. And then realizing and uncovering hidden motives, hidden agendas, yeah. unspoken expectations. Yeah. And then you're realizing that because when you get into that space, now you start questioning everything that ever happened. Did they ever, did they, did right, they ever right. really like right. what we were doing? Did they ever really believe in it? Did they ever really? You know, were they ever, and then now you're in this whole mental war, this whole mental space of uncertainty and, 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 and just perpetually being unsure. And so it's disappointing when, when you see the real version of some people. Now, mm-hmm. I need to make this clear. I'm talking about sometimes people that are on the team. Yep. I'm also talking about sometimes people that you've looked at as heroes. Right. Or for, forever. Right. And you actually get to meet these people. And you're like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Just, just not how you act on Instagram. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, wait, exactly. wait a minute. You know, right. so, so, so the, much of the disappointment for me, um, and just don't have time to tell it all, but much of the disappointment for me has been in just seeing the other side. And you can you can almost go any direction you want to go with that. Seeing the other side of people. You know, we had some people, uh, um, you know, I can. I, I can say this now with, without, you know, uncovering anybody because we never want to highlight or, or embarrass. Right. But we had some people, man, that they were the biggest YLC cheerleaders mm. right up until they didn't get their way. For right. example, I, one, <laughs> <laughs> one person comes to mind now. No one, no one, one person comes to mind now. They were, I mean, the biggest Team YLC. The shirt and the hat. 
Oh, the the right. shirt. Right. They had the whole collection. <laughs> right. they, they, they had shirts I didn't even have. Right. I'm like, we make that? Where we <laughs> can't get that from? I didn't even right. know we had one. Oh, this is custom. This is custom. Right. Oh, okay, okay. All right, go off then. Yeah, one, one person comes to mind. This is one example. The biggest YMC cheerleader until our minister of music, Minister Omar Williams, told them, hey, we love you. You're awesome. But we're going to go a different direction yeah. with our music ministry. And I'll leave it there. And they were not able to serve in that very visible, very upfront, very prestigious position. The moment that position went away, man, they burned him. They burned him wild. Right. right. <laughs> so bad. Like they did LeBron James when he went back he to Miami. Right. LeBron left right. Cleveland, man. Right. I was like, what, is, what happened? Right. Uh, oh, just, just, you know. <laughs> it's amazing how spiritual we get yeah. and cover our, I'm doing a series um, at spirit and truth. Uh, I think I'm going to start it the third week of, I don't remember, but I'm talking about, and I've been studying about the spirit of offense. And so, this yes, but you know, the, the moment they didn't get their way. Now everything is wrong with the, with the organization, right? Everything, everything. And, and, and you know, that that's disappointing. Back to the question as a leader, when you realize, wait a minute, so did you ever really like what we were doing here? Right. Or were you just happy that you got a, a, you got to be on stage? Right. Yeah. So, so, so as leaders, same thing with the opposition, you have to manage the disappointment. Yeah. You have to manage it and you have to understand you can't take it personally because there will, there are people that will leave you that still love you. Right. That's that's the truth of the matter. And you got to be okay with necessary endings. And so it's disappointing when people part ways, when people leave, when you see that you know people for themselves, it's disappointing, it's hurtful, but some endings are necessary. I'll say this uh, on this point. I, I remember uh, a movie called uh, World War Z. It's a zombie movie, some just action you know, <laughs> right. film, like Brad Pitt or something in it, you know. And, and I'll, I'll never forget there's a leadership lesson in the movie uh, demonstrated in the middle of a chase. They're running from the, it's a very basic concept. The good guys are running from the zombies, okay? One of the good guys trips and falls. The zombie <laughs> grabs him, bites him on his forearm. Now, we all understand how every zombie apocalypse works. Right. If you get bit, right, you turn into a zombie. Exactly. Because the virus, the toxin, the poison, whatever, gets into your bloodstream and it it, 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 it takes over. The good guy is bit on the forearm by a zombie. Another good guy looks at him about two seconds, pulls out a sword, and cuts off his arm. Mm. Now I'm watching, and I'm, that's your boy. Right. How are you going to cut his arm off? Why would you, why why would you do that? But then it hit me. That's good. Oh, wait a minute. He cut off his arm. Right. Because he understood that if I let that poison set in, it's an issue of do you lose your arm or do you lose your life? Right. It was a necessary ending that took place when he cut off that forearm because even though it was painful, it saved his life. And when we're talking about disappointments, there are a lot of leaders that have to be okay with cutting off a forearm 
people that used to be effective, people that used to be helpful, people that used to be committed, people that used to be loyal, people that used to be uh, 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 positive. Sometimes, and it's, it's disappointing, but sometimes you got to cut them off so in good. an effort to save the whole organization. And so it's been disappointing, bro, to have to cut people off, to have to redefine roles right. and redefine terms. But the organization, the success, the health of the organization hinges on your willingness to cut certain things off. It's That's, disappointing, man. but it's necessary. That's so good, man. Um, and sometimes we see loss of people that we love and invested in. We see it as like an injustice or something that was done against us. Um, but a person's passion for a vision cannot be contingent upon their position. Uh, passion has to be there regardless of what position they're given. And sometimes when God removes them, it's so that you can sustain the credibility of the vision he's given you, man, which leads me to my my second to last question. We're a little over time, but I want to just hit these really quick if we can, um, because what I've noticed, and I'm glad I've got a little bit of insight on your trajectory of being disappointed, of, of having to maintain vision that was assignment driven from the time you, you started. And what I've seen has been credible. One thing I've seen your ministry is the credibility of your ministry. When you say you're going to do something, we're going to do it. Um, even when it comes to asking for generosity and people to sow into it, I think the reason why people can do it, because they know if we say we're going to paint the walls this week, <laughs> you're going to see a picture come up. And I've seen you, you know, show different people walking through your facility and and basically, you've shown them that, listen, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to do something that I'm not going to do. Um, I guess I'll ask this. How important is, talk to a visionary, those who are watching. Thank you for everyone who's been tuning in, everyone who's been sharing, everyone who's been commenting, everyone who's been taking these nuggets down. Uh, thank you all so much. I, I appreciate you helping us to offer practical uh, wisdom and spiritual advice to for personal growth. Um, how would you say that, oh, oh, how important is it to... Uh, with a product or an organization to sustain credibility? And what practices do you continue to employ so that your credibility to your audience and demographic remains consistent? You know, Pat, Pat, I'm so grateful you asked this. I need, seriously now, I need everybody to hear this. For real, for real, I want y'all to share. This is a million dollar piece of wisdom. And it's not, it's not, there's no Greek, there's no Hebrew, it's not that deep, but I need you to get this. If you get this at home, guys, this will change the trajectory of your ministry, your business, your brand, etc. Hear me and hear me well. The best way, Pastor Whitaker, yes, sir. to develop future credibility and influence, the best way to build more credibility and influence is by properly stewarding the current credibility and influence yes, you have. Not being deep, not being spooky. What, what? I thought that was going to be profound. I need you to hear me. Don't just listen. I need you to hear this. If you want more credibility tomorrow, manage the little bit of credibility you have today. Because the only way to build more credit, you do not build more credibility by, by uh, just posting better flyers. You do not build more credibility by having the nicest website. You do not build more credibility by dressing nice. The only way, hear me, the only true and proven way to build more credibility 
is by properly managing the little bit that you have now. Pastor Whitaker just gave us a blueprint and, and uh, by, by looking at uh, what we're doing. And again, I don't want to posture or present ourselves as if we got it all figured out. We are absolutely learning. We are absolutely growing and developing. But this one thing I know, people will trust you tomorrow based on how you manage today. Yes, sir. So it, it's, it seems so simple. And some of you all have watched and you've looked at it and, you know, you didn't really process what was going on. But there's a reason, as Whitaker, Pastor Whitaker just put you on, there's a reason I'm going live, especially as we're building and developing, uh, going through certain phases. There's a reason I'm at that studio when I'm in town, going live every every other day or so. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Just showing. Look at. Guys, right. I want y'all to see what's happening here. Right. Remember remember Sunday when right. we said, hey, we need 100 of y'all to sell $50 right. because we're trying to finish this in phase two. We want, hey, look, look at the new cameras we just bought. Th- these are the cameras you bought. This is what right. you're giving me. Hey, guys, uh, uh, remember we said we needed y'all to sell such and such because we wanted to uh, 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 fix the, we had a leak. Well, look, it's raining outside right now and it's dry inside because we were able to do what we said we would do. Right. If you did what we asked you to do. That's good. And so what does that say to the people at home? That says, huh, well, number one, people realize everybody's asking them for something. Right. This is why there's a whole nother note, whole nother conversation. This is why when you ask, you don't ask from a position of need. You ask from a position of vision. Right. right? Everybody right. has needs. That's right. Everybody has problems. Everybody has shortages. So you ask from a position of vision. This is what we can do if you help us. This is good. So people at home realize everybody wants something from me, but this one group, they wanted something from me too. But when I gave them something, I'm immediately able to see a return on what I gave. Right. Not a return in the sense of I sold $20 into the church and the church sent me a check for 60. No, that's, that's not the kind of return we're dealing with here. But the return is an intrinsic feeling of accomplishment. It's an intrinsic feeling of, I'm a part of that. It's an intrinsic feeling of, I helped put that new floor in. We had a, a, a when we were finishing phase two, we're in phase three now. Yeah. We're finishing phase two. We had an issue with our floor that cost $21,000 to finish. Wow. And we had, guess what? They did it wrong, then they did it wrong again. We had to keep doing, had to keep doing. We spent over $21,000 just on the floor. So you know what I did as we were making progress? I was going live every day. Hey, y'all, it's four in the morning. Eyes are heavy. Right. I'm, I'm, I literally, when we were in that phase, I literally moved into the studio. Literally. I don't even know if I've said this like this, this before. This really is inside here. Wow. I didn't go home except for the shower and come right back because I was literally overseeing the process and showing people, hey, guys, they just put a second coat down. Thank you for your giving. This is what you all helped us do. And so what did that say to the people at home? You know what? Let me go in and send them another little $30. Cause let, let me go and send them a little $50. Why? Because they're doing what they said they would. They're managing the trust we gave them today. And so because of that, I'll trust them a little bit more tomorrow. It's simple. It's, it's easy. But so many of us fail to do it because we have this, I don't want anybody in my business. Why? The moment people give you a dollar, the moment people give you a like, the moment people give you a share, the moment people give you anything, attention, right. we're in an attention economy. Right. The moment people give you anything 
It's no longer your business. It's our business. And so people need to see what's happening, what's going on. And so, bro, it's not just, and I don't want everybody to think, well, it's easy for him to say that. People giving him $50,000 and they, they doing it. it. It works on every level. Right. Before we were getting, and, and when we weren't in, when we were in between those big stories, those big testimonies, oh, we just bought a half million dollar sound system. Woo! Hey, we just did a twenty some thousand dollar floor. Oh, we just built a fifteen thousand dollar state. Before those big things, we were showing people, y'all. I want y'all to. I know y'all are busy. You're at work, but I just want y'all to see. We we got we we were able to right. order new masks. Right. You see, this is right. All kind. Look look how stretchy it is. We were able <laughs> right. to do this right. because of you. Exactly. It's, it's not about. You know, did y'all see the new doorknobs we just put in the ladies' restroom? Right. You made this happen. Exactly. It's a thirty dollar doorknob. It doesn't right. matter. Right. People need to see and feel safe in knowing if I if I if I partner with them, they're gonna do what they say it, and that matters. So th- that's 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 my answer, man. Man, that this everything you dropped today through this conversation um, are jewels. And I hope you all are really being attentive. Our Let's Grow Worldwide audience, those who follow me personally. Um, these are life altering uh, concepts or more so vision altering concepts that if you begin to employ, you can advance. I just want to, some of y'all may have been coming in late, but if I could, you know, as a preacher, we normally give three points. So I've been really listening and not just Looking at the platform, I've I, I really wanted to hear your, your your voice and attach that to the vision God has given me. Um, number one, you, the di- the difference in vision makes the difference. Uh, that's kind of where we started. Uh, the vision, the difference in vision, meaning doing what nobody has done before and giving people what they don't even know they need. That's what we kind of started off. If you're going to see success in vision then you have to be able to be confident in your difference because when everybody's doing the same thing, you can't really see the authenticity of the potential God gave you. The second thing we kind of addressed is disappointments will come. But when you know has when you know who has destined you for the assignment, you can push beyond disappointments. Elder Mark Moore talked about that. And then thirdly, do what you say you're going to do <laughs> at any level and show the people whose hard earned money they sow into your vision and to your churches. And, you know, we see people have the, uh, that the thermometer thing, whatever in churches and it's right. like, it stays there for years. It's because the pews that we say we was going to get three years ago, we ain't got them yet. So if you're a visionary, I want you all to number one, if you are not following elder Mark Moore, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, please be sure to do that because this is just a tidbit of the jewels and things that he constantly uh, shares. And and one thing I love about your ministry and the call on your life is that you're open to helping others. There's a digital blueprint that you have out um, that's so necessary now. I want you to kind of talk on that before we close because this is something we don't have time, guys, today to really invest and look into, but it's worth you looking into even following this conversation to help visionaries. We we're not going back, y'all. Our normality has adjusted forever, okay? So we're not going back to how things were done. But Elder Mark Moore has a template, a blueprint uh, that will help all visionaries, whether you're going to be in the sanctuary, uh, in person, online, in your car, at your office, wherever you are. He has some tools. Can you kind of share that before we close out? And again, thank you, everybody who joined in today. I love y'all. Absolutely. I want to I want to pick up there. Again, thank you guys for joining in, especially those of you that have shared. If you yes, haven't sir. shared, do it now. It's not too late. But we're about to end. I know, but 
this conversation can just begin for somebody yes. else. Yes, sir. But um, thank you again, Pastor Whitaker, for having me, man. I'm grateful it's an honor, uh, for man. this chance to share. And, and this was a great conversation yes, sir. Uh, from where I sit. Um, you mentioned what we call the digital ministry blueprint. Yes, sir. It's available right now for ministers, church leaders, uh, anybody in any level of ministry itinerant, uh, whether you're a fellowship or covering, whatever you do. All you have to do is go to ministrygoesdigital.com. Ministry goes digital. Someone might even put it in the comments for us. Ministrygoesdigital.com. And you can download what we call our ministry, uh, digital ministry blueprint. In it, you'll find the systems, the staffing, and the strategies that you need to do online ministry well. It's four plus hours of video training. I'm literally sitting and sharing with you face-to-face, so to speak, how to do, what to do, when to do, where to do, who to do with. Um, It's got three workbooks that come with it. It has a resource guide uh, full of, thank you, Pastor Carlos, full of um, apps and software and programs that you need um, to do online ministry, even with a budget. And so it's been a blessing to, to countless churches uh, around the country and around the world. And you can be the next church that benefits, the next ministry that benefits. Simply go, thank you, Adelia, to ministrygoesdigital.com and you can download it today. It is currently on sale. Now, oh, Pastor no. Whitaker, uh, <laughs> all of y'all that are connected to Pastor Whitaker, you need to move while the water is troubled. <laughs> right. It won't be, songwriter said it won't be like this always. Right. Huh? <laughs> It is on set. It's thousands of dollars worth of information that we have truncated and reduced, and we're almost giving it away for what it's worth. In there, this is what maybe you need to hear this. We talk about what we used and what we did to generate millions of views. We talk about what we did to add thousands of partners, uh, what we've done to, with the glory of God, be able to generate hundreds of thousands of dollars to do ministry in a very short period of time. So you might want to go and uh, invest in your future ministrygoesdigital.com download it today today and i saw some uh some who wanted to sow you can sow directly into uh elder morris cash app i believe someone posted it want to make sure it's the right one uh, uh dollar sign explore <laughs> you don't want to go into <laughs> the dollar sign explore ylc correct that's perfect yes sir. all right y'all sow into this because i believe if you if you sow also you'll be able to get uh, be able to tap into the grace and that God has upon his life. Elder Moore, this has been an honor. I have been privileged, man, to uh, just talk with you. Um, I will continue to follow you and admire what you're doing. I truly believe you are a pioneer and a trailblazer uh, for this next wave of ministry, media, marketplace. And I'm looking forward to what God would do in your life. Even if you're coming on now, share this video, go back and listen to it, uh, listen to it over and over again and continue to grow in all aspects of your ministry and your life. Hey, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at uh, Let's Grow Jeff on um, Instagram. Uh, be sure to like this page, Let's Grow Worldwide. We have some amazing things coming up as I begin to build this uh, from a different aspect and context of communication. I'm thankful to all of you for joining today. I appreciate you. Uh, the more, thank you, man, for taking the time. Just stay on just a second um, as we disconnect from this live video. You all and go enjoy the rest of your day. Continue to write vision and make it plain so others can run with it. Let's grow together. Peace out.